All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. I'll be sliding down, I'll be gliding down. Try not to try too hard, it's just a lovely ride. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and as I like to remind you, I'm also the editor of Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks. And my partner, Roger Wiegand and Chen Lin, also produce uh, two very good newsletters. Trader Tracks is uh, Roger Wiegand's letter and... What is Chen buying? What is Chen selling? Is Chen Lin's letter. Chen will be joining us in just a, a couple of minutes here to talk about one of his favorite stocks. Um, I would like to say that you can uh, take advantage of, of um, special offers uh, for these newsletters. Call my assistant, Claudio Bossi, in New York at 718-457-1426, 718-457-1426, or go to miningstocks.com, miningstocks.com. Also, jtaylormedia.com is probably the best place to go to follow all that I do that would give you access to this radio show, to all three newsletters, as well as video interviews I do with CEOs of companies and also my own television appearances at CNBC, Fox, BNN, Bloomberg, etc. I want to thank each of you for listening to this show, making it the number one show on the Voice America Business Channel. And we received some very good news for our June numbers. We're up about 40%. We were already the number one show on the channel, but we got a huge boost up in June. Not sure why exactly, but the numbers are really strong. And so the popularity of this show continues to grow, not because of me, but because of our fantastic um, guests that we have on this show, and we're going to have two very interesting guests again today on today's show. I want to thank each of our sponsors for making this show economically viable, and this is a new season, what we call our summer season, has just begun with this show. We have Merrick's Gold, American Manganese, and Rye Patch Gold Corp. are the sponsors for the first hour of today's show. Well, I've t- titled today's show, the uh, Thinking the Unthinkable because one of our two main guests is indeed suggesting something that has been very unthinkable to almost everyone and still remains unthinkable, I would say, to probably 99% of the American population who give any thought, at least, to big-picture events. The unthinkable event I'm talking about is a default of the U.S. Treasury debt. Oh, sure, the idea of inflation could rob holders of longer-term treasuries is nothing new, In fact, most of my gold bug friends assume that's what's going to happen. They assume that there will be so much money printed that, in fact, the debt will be paid off with increasingly worthless dollars in the long run, and that will be sort of a de facto default, if you will. But one of my main guests today is suggesting that there will be a partial outright failure to repay interest and principal in the U.S. government. 
uh, obligations. Uh, and I'm talking about Professor Jeffrey Rogers Hummel. He will be with us in the second hour of today's show to explain why he believes an outright default of U.S. Treasuries is most likely. Another unthinkable event would be the return to a gold standard. And following Professor Hummel, I will play for you a clip of a Bloomberg TV interview that took place yesterday with James Grant. When Carol Masser asked James about whether he really thought a return to a gold standard would happen, he responded with the following comment, quote, we have, we have a saying in Brooklyn, that is not a threat, that is not a promise, it's going to happen, end of quote. So uh, Mr. Grant believes that we are inevitably heading back to a gold standard. So we have Professor Hummel telling us the U.S. will likely default on its treasuries and James Grant telling us that we are heading back to a gold standard. Those are two unthinkable ideas, unthinkable at least to most Americans who, th who think about uh, those kinds of things at all. Not entirely unthinkable to so-called fringe characters of the Austrian school persuasion because Austrian economics predicts government can manipulate the natural laws of economics only so long before the system will break down. So I firmly believe we are near the breaking point now. I, uh, I will have more comments along those lines when I replay the Bloomberg interview with James Grant at about 4.30 New York time today. Meantime, with the impending tectonic shift in the political and economic world that seems to be about to take place, along with a Treasury default and a move back to the gold standard, what are we to do? Well, of course, your editor is and has been a believer in gold and silver investments, including gold and silver mining shares. I am really pleased to have as our second main guest today a competitor of mine in the newsletter writing business. Lawrence Ralston will join me at 3.30 Eastern Time to talk about some of his favorite uh, gold stocks as well as many other shares, uh, other shares of other kinds of mining companies and resource companies. Lawrence will also talk about a fund he heads up, which I think may also be of great interest to you. Well, given my views on gold, it is no accident. Most of our sponsors are gold exploration and or gold mining companies. In just a few minutes after our first commercial break, I will be talking to Darren Koenig, Koenigan. Uh, he is the vice president uh, in charge of operations for Go West Gold. That's a company with an advanced stage gold project in the prolific Timmins, Ontario area. Before we go to our first break, I'm happy, though, to have my partner, Chen Lin, with me. Welcome, Chen. Thank you, Jay. Really good to have you back again on the show. Uh, Chen, you came up with a fantastic recommendation. That's not unusual for you, but you come up with one that I happen to take advantage of myself, uh, and that was Prophecy Platinum Corporation. Made the recommendation, I don't know, what is it, a week or two ago. The stock is up over 200% since then. Talk to us about Prophecy Platinum Corporation. What's the story here? Yes, hi, Jay. Um, yeah, the, basically, this is a spin-off of uh, Prophecy Co. company. So it's a known company. Uh, nobody knows anything about it. And uh, what, what's happened is um, uh, the company just completed a spin-off like a couple weeks ago. Uh, there's no analysts, no, no peop you know, nobody covered it, and the stock was just just trading around the bottom range, which is around 70 cents, uh, gave it like a 30 million, 20, at that time, 20, 30 million market cap. And then they just released a 43.11 that has a huge uh, deposit that turned out to be a 12 million ounce of uh, uh, gold, uh, platinum, and palladium. So, mm -hmm. And also a very high grade of nickel and copper. 
hmm. total has a you know extremely valuable for just for the grade because we we look at the recent takeover of the palladium the platinum group of metals. Um, you can see the, the grade of this deposit is about three times bigger, uh, higher than many of the company was taking over at much higher price. Hmm. So it's got platinum and palladium. Uh, what what is more, platinum or palladium? What what? Plat- uh, that, that's very interesting. That the platinum is very high. Platinum is the high, the highest grade is in platinum, and followed by gold, palladium. I think. Probably, you know, total is maybe a little bit over one third in platinum. And there's some recent takeover, uh, you know, of different stocks. You can see there, usually the palladium grade is very high. But we know palladium is about half of gold and platinum. So that makes it very interesting. Mm-hmm. What is the uh, symbol for this stock, Chen? Yeah, it's uh, NKL, uh, Nancy uh, Karen uh, Little Adventure. Okay, on the venture exchange, and it also trades over the counter in the U.S., I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so, Chen, what sort of market cap does this uh, stock have now? Right now, it's uh, still a little bit, on, on, only a little bit over 100 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, the CEO just appeared on BNN today, and they said they receive a lot of phone calls from analysts want to cover their stock. So, I think this the stock story going to come out uh, hopefully very soon. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, of course, we we never know what the future holds, but do you have some sort of a price target in mind for your subscribers? Uh, well, basically, the t- uh, right now they have 300 million uh, tons of war. Mm-hmm. Uh, the grade is much higher than average grade, which taking over price is about a dollar two dollars per ton. And then the, the CEO mentioned in their conference call yesterday they they expect to go to up to one billion tons of or all set and down. So wow. Cal- do calculations and uh, deduct by there. You know, they only have 50 million share outstanding, and mm. more than half is hold by property code, mm. and they have 18, hun- 18 months hold on that. So those mm. shares are not uh, uh, available for trade. Wow. So there's a really tight share float, and with any kind of increase in demand, you could really see the stock rise uh, fairly dramatically. What... Um, how, so they're drilling and exploring right now. We, would we see some results sometime soon that might give some sort of a hint at much, at a much larger uh, resource number, Chen? Yeah, they, I think they have. Uh, they're trying to do step out. Uh, the, in the presentation, the CEO thinks there's another structure actually par, parallel to this, and then about the same mm-hmm. side they're doing the drilling right now. So you can see that. So they already have 12 million ounces of. Uh, Platinum, gold, and palladium, forty-three-one-one. So they're looking to double that minimum. Hmm. Wow, well, that's really an interesting story. It would seem to have lots of upside. Where is the project, uh, Clint Chen? In Yukon. Yukon actually is in the west end of Yukon, pretty close to the uh, Alaska, to the to the end, to the ocean. So right, relatively easy. Only fifteen uh, kilometer from the Alaska Highway, I was told. Yeah, indeed. We're going to have uh, later in the show, in the second hour, uh, no, actually coming up soon after our next interview uh, with the vice president um, of uh, Go West, we're going to talk to Lawrence Ralston, who I know is going to have some things to say about what's going on in the Yukon, really a hot area play uh, in the Yukon. Um, Chen, anything else uh, you like? You still like that Mart um, Mart yeah. uh, oil yeah. company, right? I'm still you know, holding, yes. I like it a lot. You like it a lot. 
What about the gold uh, move today? We saw the gold price get slammed pretty hard on the downside here in the last um, last hour of trading or so. Any yeah, thoughts there? It, it just do a reverse. You know, when people are, you know, everybody jumping on uh, to gold bandwagon, you know, sometimes those kind of reverse uh, move is, uh, you know, kind of expected. I mentioned a little bit uh, in my in letter yesterday, um, you know, they may have a reverse move, which happened. So, uh, you know, those kind of things, it just uh, happened that uh, if you're a gold investor, it's happened, you know, you have to pre- prepare for this. So, but uh, but in general, I think uh, this this is based on some kind of deal for the uh, debt ceiling. So, but it's a long-term problem, as we know, it's uh, the deficit is huge. Well, it's, it certainly is, and we uh, have lots of reasons, uh, I think, that, we're, that are being given in today's show as to why uh, the price of gold is reacting when you're talking about the potential for a U.S. Treasury to default. You're talking about uh, the, the potential, as James Grant suggests, uh, Europe is even worse off than the U.S. Um, clearly, there is a move back towards real money, towards gold. This is happening whether the policymakers like it or not. Chen, I want to thank you again for being with us and sharing your ideas, your profit-making ideas with our listeners. Look forward to having you on again next week, no doubt. Thank, take right. care. Thank you. Yeah. Folks, Bye-bye. don't go away. We're going to be uh, right back. We're supposed to have Darren uh, Conigan uh, uh, with us. He is the, uh, uh, the Vice President of Operations uh, Technical Services uh, with Go West Gold. So don't go away. We'll be right back. You'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This program is brought to you by Sandgold at www.sandgold.ca. Sandgold is an aggressive gold company operating in Manitoba, Canada, a top 10 gold mining region. Sandgold continues to show tremendous exploration success. With two mines already in production, the company is now revealing a new gold mining trend. Discover the potential at Sandgold. Trading symbol SGRCF on the OTCQX and SGR on the Toronto Exchange. Visit our website at www. Sandgold.ca. Merix Gold, with over 800 square kilometers of contiguous permits in West Mali, Africa. Merix and exploration partner IM Gold have spent $16 million on the advanced stage Surabaya Gold Project in Mali. 40,000 meters of diamond and reverse circulation drilling currently underway to expand Merix's indicated resource and to determine the true size of the Surabaya Gold deposit. Exploration also continues on the huge gold anomaly at Zone Bambadinka, as well as the major gold system on the Babara and Kofia permits. Smash Minerals is a gold exploration company in the Yukon whose management was responsible for the first significant gold discovery in the White Gold District with Underworld Resources, which was then sold to Kinross Gold in 2010. Smash holds one of the biggest claim blocks in the Yukon, and exploration has already identified three targets. Intellectual capital, combined with advanced technology, will enable Smash to be quick to drilling in August 2011. You can discover Smash Minerals on the TSX Venture under the symbol SSH. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the causes and solutions to underlying problems. 
by applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to triple the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has been in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. Rypatch Gold Corp. is an exploration company seeking to build a sizable inventory of gold and silver resource assets in mining-friendly Nevada, the world's fourth richest gold region. This well-funded company now has 1.2 million ounces of gold and gold equivalent in the measured and indicated category, plus 2.7 million ounces of gold and gold equivalent in the inferred category, with ongoing drilling to achieve a goal of 10 million ounces of gold. For more info on RPM, please visit our website at w www.rypatchgold.com Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the causes and solutions to underlying problems. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to triple the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has been in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. Smash Minerals is a gold exploration company in the Yukon whose management was responsible for the first significant gold discovery in the White Gold District with Underworld Resources, which was then sold to Kinross Gold in 2010. Smash holds one of the biggest claim blocks in the Yukon, and exploration has already identified three targets. Intellectual capital, combined with advanced technology, will enable Smash to be quick to drilling in August 2011. You can discover Smash Minerals on the TSX Venture under the symbol SSH. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome to the human race. Some kind of loving ride. I'll be sliding down, I'll be gliding down. Try not to try too hard, it's just a lovely ride. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, 
Taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and for some reason, Mr. Murphy, Murphy's Law, you've heard of that. He's come back to haunt us again. Darren Conigan, who is the, uh, a, an engineer uh, and vice president of technical services of Go West Gold, uh, was not available for whatever reason, didn't show up, and so uh, we've got Roger Wiegand uh, with us, uh, my pinch hitter, my number one pinch hitter, Roger Wiegand, and partner, uh, is always ready to talk about the markets, and uh, so welcome, Roger. Good to be here, Jay. Really good to have you, Roger. Now, I'm just looking over something from uh, Robert Prechter's Elliott Wave Theorist uh, newsletter that was put out uh, on the 16th. And he says, gathering storm clouds of deflation. Uh, he says that human, human beings are beginning to wage war on credit, even as the mechanisms are doing everything they can to defend it. The trends and events discussed below are widely known, but almost no one seems to connect them with deflationary impulses. And then he mentions, these are some of the headlines, Roger, and I'm going to get your, uh, your take on this, but he says, an emerging public sector for uh, frugality, and he's you know mentioning the Tea Party, and the people are saying we don't want government to be spending our money, to be wasting it, to be uh, pulling us into debt and leading us over the precipice of uh, uh, of dep- into depressions. Uh, the Fed is getting more conservative. He he suggests, uh, and he's just talking about some of the the vibrations that are coming out of the Federal Reserve. They're getting a little queasy about QE3 and QE, as Mark Faber suggests, QE26. Uh, the Fed is encountering external resistance as well uh, from places like China, Russia, Japan, Brazil, Germany. These countries are not happy about the world's reserve currency, which they hold, uh, losing its value so substantially. Uh, you know, there's this whole thing about, I can't eat an iPad. The Federal Reserve goes around talking about, uh, you know, how we have these, how inflation, we really don't have any inflation because, you know, we have faster computers, we have more technology, uh, and, uh, you know, we had uh, William Dudley, the New York Fed president, uh, making a speech in Queens, where I live, uh, telling people, you know, how wonderful uh, things are because computers are faster and you have all these gadgets now. And somebody really raised a bit of hell with Dudley, and he says, but we can't eat iPads. So there is growing hostility towards the Fed from all levels, I think. Another uh, thing that Prechter mentions is the Fed is encountering internal resistance. So internally, within the Fed, uh, there is uh, growing arguments and concerns. The Fed is losing credibility. Well, there's no question about that. I think that more and more people are saying, what, is, what are these guys doing? Things are not getting better with QE2, with all of this spending, with trillions of dollars of stimulus. Things are not getting better. Unemployment is just as high as it was before. Uh, authorities are squeezing the banks, too. So we're seeing banks are being you know, told that they should lend when banks can't find places to lend their money. They're supposed to do it anyway, just to be good guys, I guess. Barney Frank is one of the leaders along those lines. Um, the European bank- banking establishment is beginning to lose faith in its system, uh, in that sy- uh, and people losing faith in the euro. And I know, Roger, you're one that has been always a, a critic uh, and a believer that the euro would not last. We have, um, uh, you know, just growing problems uh, everywhere. Uh, could the question is, could European debt implosions affect the value of the U.S. savings? Well, clearly it could because there's lots of money market. 
a lot of money market money invested in European banks, and if they go down, you know, uh, what does that do to our money market funds? So uh, there's trouble in Asia. There's trouble. It seems like trouble everywhere now. Roger, are we just being scaremongers here? You know, are we are we trying to sell our gold newsletters so we're out there saying the world is coming to an end, the world is coming to an end, buy our gold line, go buy gold, buy our gold newsletters. Is that what this is all about? No, it's not it at all. Um, yes, uh, we're doing very well in our trading. My personal account is the best it's ever done despite of the correction today, but that's a, that's another discussion. What I have seen Jay in the past 2 weeks is everything taken to a new level of red alert. That, that's probably the best way to express it. By example, uh, we've mentioned recently that China has a host of problems, many of which individually don't sound that bad, but when you put them all in a row, uh, the red flags do go up. They've got their hands full. They've got a big mess. They've got a shortage of power. Uh, their stock market and their banks are now being questioned. Uh, as to credibility, as to honesty. Uh, they've got a major drought going on in the country. Uh, their grain reserves are only about 15% of what they should be. Uh, they've got entire villages and towns that have been built that are vacant. They're trying to get the economy promoted in China to the extent that they can assimilate the agricultural population into a lot of these areas and it's simply not working, and not only that, it's not going anywhere near as fast as they expected. Uh, they are trying to build both nuclear and coal power plants at the same time. A nuclear plant takes forever, even if you've got the permissions, and considering they have a command and control economy, they can command that a nuclear plant be built, but realistically, it's probably going to take five, six, seven years to get it up and get it running. Contrast that with the coal-fired power plants. They've been building and turning those on at the rate of one per week. Wow. So China has got a major mess going. Their stocks are faltering. Their inflation is going higher, particularly in food and energy. And if the American authorities say that there's no inflation in the United States, all one has to do is go buy a daily copy of the Wall Street Journal, and they run every week, at least one day a week, if not more, a whole list of all the commodity prices, and they will show you uh, this week, this day, and one year ago, and uh, the numbers are mind-boggling, eye-popping. I mean, yeah. some of this stuff is up 100 to 300%. Well, this is a, an interesting uh, question, Roger, to do with China, and I want to, I'm looking forward to talking to Lawrence Ralston, our next guest, because I know Lawrence is a bull on China. He will make a good case for it, I'm sure. There are people of the Austrian school persuasion who are less, uh, let's say, less optimistic about uh, the, about what's happening in China. At the same time, I think everybody recognizes that there is a transfer of wealth going on. That China is uh, certainly uh, on the rise in a major way. You know, the people that know how to practice that that are really natural capitalists, I think, in China. Uh, and uh, but yet, you know, when you have state planning, you have the bridges that lead to nowhere. You have the apartment buildings, the massive uh, structures that are put into place, not because 
millions of people have simultaneously made decisions through the market process, but because a few people have decided perhaps for whatever reason, not necessarily economic reasons solely, to build things at various places. So, you know, there is that concern of malinvestment, I think, that I have about China. On the other hand, um, you know, there is no denying that there are major changes, and I'm, in my mind, I'm wondering, and I'd like to hear what you think about this, do you think that it is a matter of the West in decline uh, or Asia on the rise or a combination of both? I would say it's a combination of both. Uh, you know, they've got a, a, a command and control system over there. Uh, superimposed on top of that is a capitalist system. And one of the advantages they have, Jay, is they can, uh, by having command and control, they don't have to go through a Congress or a Parliament and have extensive debate. Somebody issues an order and, and they start. They get busy and they go do it. But the disadvantage is, is that I think they're going so fast and have been moving so quickly to move into the 20th century, so to speak, that they've overrun many of the standard criteria that hold a capitalist system together as far as a structure. And uh, you can't violate these economic rules Things have to be orderly. They have to be done in order. They have to uh, grow gradually, not grow instantly. They, they had their version of TARP in the first quarter of last year in China where they pumped in 500 to $550 billion. And not long after that, a few months later, uh, we're seeing 35% real estate inflation in Hong Kong. All right, Roger, I, we're going to have to go to our break, and, and Lawrence Ralston will be joining us in a bit. But I want to ask you just before we go to break, you uh, put out a sell recommendation or at least a trading recommendation to your subscribers today just in the nick of time right before the gold price and the silver price took a plunge. Uh, what is your target on the downside and, and how long do you think it will be before we bottom out here? We're looking at a normal correction. Gold went off probably 15 or $20, very standard normal, probably two weeks of mushing around. Uh, we're looking at our major rallies in gold and silver to begin again first or second week of August, go all the way to next May, have the standard corrections every six weeks or so, but we're, we're rising to a new level now. I can see it in many charts. I think the second half of this year is going to be a real adventure in gold. All right. Thank you, Roger. That's all the time we've got. Folks, don't go away. We're going to be back with Lawrence Ralston uh, after the break. Don't go away. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. This program is brought to you by Sandgold at www.sandgold.ca. Sandgold is an aggressive gold company operating in Manitoba, Canada, a top-ten gold mining region. Sandgold continues to show tremendous exploration success. With two mines already in production, the company is now revealing a new gold mining trend. Discover the potential at Sandgold. Trading symbol SGRCF on the OTCQX and SGR on the Toronto Exchange. Visit our website at www. 
Rypatch Gold Corp. is an exploration company seeking to build a sizable inventory of gold and silver resource assets in mining-friendly Nevada, the world's fourth richest gold region. This well-funded company now has 1.2 million ounces of gold and gold equivalent in the measured and indicated category, plus 2.7 million ounces of gold and gold equivalent in the inferred category, with ongoing drilling to achieve a goal of 10 million ounces of gold. For more info on RPM, please visit our website at w www.rypatchgold.com Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the causes and solutions to underlying problems. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to triple the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has been in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome to the human race. Some kind of love and ride. I'll be sliding down, I'll be gliding down. Try not to try too hard, it's just a love you're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am really pleased to have with me Lawrence Ralston. Lawrence uh, is an editor. He is a geologist with engineering and business training and more than 20 years of hands-on experience in the resource industry. Lawrence is ideally suited to publish his newsletter, and it's an excellent one, called Resource Opportunities. After completing his studies at the University of British Columbia in 1975, Lawrence worked as an analyst for Cominco. Uh, limited and for a mid-sized Calgary oil group uh, for several years. In 1984, he became the CFO for a group of mineral exploration companies. He was also vice president of an investment management firm focused on, res- on the resource industry. And from 1994 to 1997, he was CEO and director of a mineral exploration company. Since then, he has been a resource industry consultant and an independent mining analyst Lawrence's uh, years of hands-on experience and extensive personal contacts in the industry uh, provide uh, unique insights that have generated an impressive track record for resource opportunities. Welcome, Lawrence, to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Oh, great to be here, Jay. I always enjoy talking with you. Really good to have you. Um, 
always enjoy, you know, unfortunately at these conferences that you and I attend, it's, it's very difficult a lot of times to, to sit and listen to other, uh, other speakers because we're so darn busy talking to companies and the like, and about the only time I really get a chance to listen to you is if I'm following you, uh, if, uh, you know, if I'm a speaker following you, but it's always, always enjoyable. Your insights are, uh, are very, 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 very good, and you have, uh, as we just read your bio, you have a great background. Um, and also what I like uh, is your sort of low-key approach to things. You're not out there, uh, you know, blowing your own horn or, um, or, or, or going crazy about gold stocks or one thing or another. You're really a very reasoned approach, so I really want to, I'm really grateful that you're, you're with me. I noticed in one of your recent newsletter issues, you talked about the disconnect between higher gold and silver prices and the uh, prices of the mining shares. Gold and silver have certainly outperformed the shares of late. Could you give our listeners some idea as to why you think that has been the case? Well, the major reason is that uh, the gold and silver markets have been dominated by the fear trade. People are looking for a safe haven, and um, the companies are seen as being risky, so the investors are going directly into bullion. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but in, in addition, there's a lot of investors who are going into the precious metals for the first time. They, they really don't understand the whole, um, you know, the, the companies involved in the industry. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, there's a, just sort of a knowledge disconnect there. Yeah. But, you know, that disconnect represents a really exceptional investment opportunity. Mm-hmm. These, these companies that are producing and selling gold and silver at, at the current prices are making massive cash flows. And it, it's only a matter of time until investors realize, you know, the big discount that these companies are trading at, and, and they're going to get bid up in price. But you know what, what I find even more important than that basic kind of fundamental analysis is the fact that you've got the big producers that are generating massive cash flows, and they're looking to expand. And the juniors that have deposits or the small producing companies are takeover candidates. And we saw that very recently when um, a little company called Richfield was taken over for a half billion dollars. And that was 10 times the price that Richfield traded at just a year ago. So we're going to see a lot more of that kind of takeover activity as these companies with big cash hordes are looking for expansion. Mm-hmm. I know Richfield well. It's, uh, it's one that I'm thankfully one that I was able to get into uh, at those lower levels, and I'm sure you most likely got your subscribers into it. But you are really looking for opportunities. That's the name of your newsletter. Uh, there is this disconnect, uh, Lawrence, no doubt about it, and you do a masterful job in helping people understand uh, newcomers that don't know so much about mining should really look into, uh, into Lawrence's newsletter. Before we go further and before I forget, tell our listeners where they can uh, learn more about your, about your work. Well, our website is resourceopportunities.com. And uh, that'll give you all the contact information and uh, everything else you need to resourceopportunities.com. Well, I would uh, I would really suggest to our listeners they they take advantage of that and check Lawrence's work out for sure. Uh, talking about the disconnect and a little bit of education, we don't have that much time, but just you talk about the life cycle of a junior mining share. Talk to our listeners a little bit about that, and there is also a sweet spot, a time where. You know, you can, you can buy these junior mining companies and you can sit with dead money for a long time. 
But if you can spot the sweet spot, you might be able to come in and time it better. Uh, and so could you just talk to us a little bit about the junior mining share life cycle and also uh, help us identify those sweet spots right before, you know, the rich fields of this, of this world, if you can get into them uh, weeks, if, you know, soon before they take off. Uh, because when the discoveries are made, there certainly are uh, most often when you're seeing you know, multi-million ounce gold deposits discovered, there is a period of time when the, uh, when the value of that is, in fact, seen in the shares. So can you explain a little bit about the life cycle of the mining shares? Well, most of the companies that are called junior mining companies are really exploration companies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're hoping to make a discovery. And those companies that are successful and, and make a discovery can generate huge returns for shareholders. But unfortunately, not all of these companies are successful in, in making a discovery. And, <clears throat> but once they make a discovery and, and they have an identified deposit, there's a, a, a life cycle, a, an evolution of that deposit as, as it trends toward production. The early stages of a gold deposit, for example, uh, the company is valued at something in the order of $10 an ounce for uh, gold in the ground. Mm-hmm. And as they add value through further drilling, engineering work, permitting, etc., the value of that same deposit can increase to as much as $200 or even, even more mm-hmm. per ounce. So you've got the potential for a, a 10 for one or better return without taking on the discovery risk. Mm-hmm. Now, Many of the companies that I followed have, you know, some have made discoveries, but, but another very profitable approach has been for companies to acquire a deposit, typically from a major company, where it, it's not a core asset to the major, so the junior steps in, takes on an early stage deposit, and adds value, and takes it through that, uh, that process. And the area that I call a sweet spot is after the company has made the discovery, and once sort of that initial excitement of the discovery has, has worn off, and when they're advancing the deposit toward production. So you're not carrying the discovery risk, but you still have potential for very large uh, returns as mm-hmm. they advance toward production. Mm-hmm. That's the sweet spot. And so if you look back at a company like Richfield, uh, I know... Uh, there were a few holes put down. There was a discovery made, and what needed to be done then was obviously infill drilling and then some step-out drilling that could expand the deposit even more. So uh, I, I guess probably most people don't uh, really follow these stories enough to sort of understand what the probabilities are. Uh, if you have, uh, let's say, two holes that are drilled along the same structure but they're far apart, uh, you know, how do you know until it's drilled, though? Uh, that that it's that it's any kind of meaningful discovery. You really don't, do you? But what you're saying is that once those initial holes have been drilled and you've discovered gold mineralization and you know something about the the structure, the geology, then you can sort of uh, realize that the probability is vastly improved that this company is going to come up with something significant. Is that right? Well, Jay, one of the really important things that I, I bring to the equation here is with my experience in the industry, I'm able to look at the early results mm-hmm. and uh, make a judgment as to the probability that it will hold together and that it will advance through to work production. Mm-hmm. And that's really the key here is that there, there's a lot of discoveries made or a lot of interesting initial drill holes. 
mm-hmm. that, that don't work out. Sure. But if, if you can spot it at the early stage and make the right judgment call on whether or not it's going to proceed through to work production, then you get this, uh, this big return potential. Could you think of a couple of companies right now that you think may be in their sweet spot, companies that you're following that you may be telling your subscribers about? Well, a, a couple of examples. Um, one is New Strike, symbol as NES on the uh, on Venture. Mm-hmm. They've uh, basically they, they acquired a project from a major company that had made a discovery in years gone by, and it wasn't a core asset to them. So New Strike was able to buy it. They've drilled further and they've demonstrated that it's a very significant deposit, and we've seen a a very significant gain in, in the share price on that over the past few mm-hmm. months. And another one, that um, New Pacific, mm-hmm. symbol is NUX on the venture, they took over a past-producing gold-silver mine in the Yukon. And there was some drilling, in fact, quite a lot of drilling done in the past, um, but not, and then they identified a, you know, a, a re- almost million-ounce uh, gold deposit, but there's huge potential to expand on that, and, and the company is up there now drilling away and demonstrating that this deposit is much, much larger than the previous work would have indicated. Mm-hmm. And in these two cases, have the shares moved yet much? or? Well, the New Strike shares have moved quite substantially. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Pacific moved on, uh, on the announcement of the acquisition, mm-hmm. but uh, they haven't generated results from the current season of drilling. Mm-hmm. So the the shares are fairly quiet. So that would be, I think, a, a great opportunity right now. NUX, and of course you follow these stocks on a pretty regular basis. I, I've, you know, had a chance on occasion to look at your work, and I know it's not just a matter of recommending them and then walking away. You basically try to keep up with, with your recommendations uh, at least as as much as possible. I know it's a daunting task. Uh, you have so many companies to look at. How do you, how do you, Lawrence? Uh, limit uh, or how do you sort of pick the stocks that you want to focus on because there are literally hundreds and hundreds of these junior mining companies out there in this bull market well in fact there's a couple of thousand publicly traded companies in this space and um but no you're right it's uh it's really important to focus and one of the key things that i'm looking for are companies that have the potential to generate a deposit large enough to be of interest to the majors. Mm-hmm. So it, it becomes a takeover candidate. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's really hard for a company to generate shareholder value by developing a small gold mine or silver sure. or copper mine. But if they can demonstrate the deposit is large enough to be taken over by a major, then you don't have a problem with liquidity when you're exiting and, um, and you can generate really big returns. So that's one of the key things I'm looking for is whether it has potential to be a really large deposit. Right. And in most cases, you're looking for companies that have probably that are really comprised of, of geologists and not engineers. You're looking for companies that are really not necessarily, or in most cases, not going to be producers, but are going to be companies that, uh, that locate large deposits and then generate value that way. Well, most of the time, it terrifies me when I hear management of one of these small companies tell me that they plan to go into production. Yeah. Um, it's a totally different mindset being a geologist versus, uh, you know, the engineering skills mm-hmm. required to uh, develop and, and operate a mine. Mm-hmm. You know, in a few cases, it, it has worked, but generally, it's way better if the geologists stick to what they know best and, mm-hmm. uh, and leave the development and, and production to other companies. 
Right. It's appealing to a lot of investors, uh, the notion that a company can go in and generate cash flow from, from early production and rather than blow out their share structure, rather than having millions and hundreds of millions of shares, uh, you know, to be able, because that is certainly one of the risks uh, that is inherent in this business, wouldn't you say, is the dilution factor. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's a real tough trade-off between issuing shares and, and adding value. And, um, you know, another approach is, is to bring in a joint venture partner. But mm-hmm. one of the key things is that if investors have faith in management, they will pay up front for the potential for the project to, to generate returns in the future. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really the key thing. The most important element of all of this is a management group that has the experience and the track record to, to generate investor confidence to be able to raise money at, at sure. people's share prices. Sure. No, that's very, very important in terms of uh, in terms of minimizing dilution, no question about that. Well, you are not only uh, bullish on the precious metals, you're also very bullish on commodities uh, and base metals as well. Talk to us a little bit about uh, the case for being very bullish on, say, copper and the, and the base metals. Well, first, let's un- understand what it means to be bullish. Um, you know, when a lot of people look at commodities in general or, or metals, they're thinking in terms of investing on the basis that the metal price is going to go higher in the future. And as much as I believe that all the metal prices are, are going to trend higher over time, that's not the approach that I'm taking. I take a, a totally different approach. I'm looking at the, um, the fact that the mining industry constantly needs to develop new mines. And if you think about it, a typical mine life is about 20 years. And that means that every decade, the mining industry has to replace half of its total production capacity just to stay flat. And at the same time, we're seeing steady growth in demand for metals. So the mining industry needs to build new mines. The juniors that are finding and developing deposits are going to generate huge returns for shareholders, regardless of what happens to the metal prices. So I'm I'm looking at it from that you know, that need for new supply perspective rather than just speculating on a higher price. Sure. Well, there's uh, no question about, about there is uh, the need to replace, but when it comes to the different kinds of minerals that companies look for, uh, would you say that the juniors are probably better off in looking for precious metals than, say, a, uh, a copper deposit or something that is going to require huge amounts of capex down the road, or, or would you not agree with that? No, I, I would say the juniors are much better equipped than the majors in general to conduct exploration programs, mm-hmm. and, and I think they're equally skilled at uh, precious metals or base metals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no doubt that you know, like a big porphyry copper deposit needs massive amounts of capital, right. but there are companies that have done it very, very successfully. You know, Ivanhoe is going into production with their project in um, Mongolia. Sure. Northern Dynasty has, you know, drilled off probably the largest undeveloped copper gold deposit in the world, and, and they've done that very, very successfully as as a junior. Yeah. While we're on the subject of Northern Dynasty, it's a company that I've followed. I had it in my newsletter years ago. What are your thoughts on Northern Dynasty? Because uh, it seems to have sort of gone nowhere in recent times. Uh, 
you have uh, some environmental issues? Is that what's held it back? It's taking a lot longer than anybody would have thought, uh, you know, a couple of years ago to uh, see the project advance. Um, mm-hmm. There are environmental challenges, as there are with any mine development project anywhere. Um, the project has merits, but the challenge there is, is it is so large and, and the amount of capital required for development is so immense that Northern Dynasty and its major company partner are going at it in a very slow, methodical way, which is creating a, a little bit of frustration and impatience for shareholders. Yeah. yeah. But certainly there, anybody with a longer-term perspective, that is a, a massive deposit right. trading at, at a fraction of what it will ultimately uh, be worth. Right. What is, just to, to refresh my memory, because I haven't followed it closely lately, what sort of, how many ounces of gold and pounds of copper do they have there? I don't have it right on the tip of my tongue, but it, it's, it's 100 it's million ounces of gold plus and yeah. something in the order of 80 billion pounds of copper. So yeah, enormous. absolutely enormous. But do you think the environmental hurdles will ultimately be overcome because of this enormous need, uh, this huge need for, for the metals? The environmentalists, as always, do a much better job of, of getting the attention of the media mm-hmm. than, than the people that are unemployed in the area that are hoping for jobs and, and all the other economic benefits that will come out of a project like this. Um, you know, there, there's a very clear-cut procedure in Alaska, and, and the company is, is working through that procedure. Yeah. Well, it certainly is a, a very interesting story, but there are many, many others, and I want to get on to some of the other uh, companies. You, uh, you are really, uh, you follow, obviously follow uh, what's going on in the Yukon. Uh, what makes the Yukon so attractive right now? Well, people have known for more than 100 years that there's a lot of gold in the Yukon. And off and on, over the past 100 years, there's, there's been a lot of exploration conducted up there. But over the last couple of years, a number of things have changed. The political situation in the Yukon has gotten a lot better, while it's gotten a lot worse in other parts of the world. Um, the infrastructure has improved tremendously. And the, the most important thing is the higher gold price. Um, and, and then last year, when Kinross bought Underworld, it confirmed that a, a fairly low-grade gold deposit in the middle of nowhere can have a very substantial value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if it doesn't have the infrastructure around it yet, the access and so forth, if there's enough of it there, uh, it, it starts to attract some attention. Well, I think Kinross is, is convinced that beyond the Golden Saddle Zone, there, there's a number of other very significant deposits on that property package they've acquired, and, and they're working away up there and apparently getting some pretty good results. So, Hmm. yes, that will definitely develop the infrastructure and make everything in the area a lot more valuable. Smash Minerals has been a sponsor to this show. Uh, They're not this season, but they have been in the past. Uh, Is that one you follow? Yes, it is. And what are your thoughts on Smash? Well, I I like it a lot. It's, um, you know, the, the same geological team that was behind the Underworld discovery that kicked off the whole gold rush. Um, it looks like, to some people, like it's an uh, early-stage explorer, but in reality, they're heading into their third season of exploration on their properties up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, my expectation is that the drilling that's going on over the course of this summer is, is going to turn up some very interesting results. 
And what are some of the other companies that you are following that you like a lot in the Yukon? Well, I've followed Kamenak right from mm-hmm. the uh, the beginning of their experience in the Yukon, and, and mm-hmm. that's done very, very well. They made eight new discoveries last uh, summer, mm. um, and this year they're they're drilling off at least some of those new discoveries. And my expectation is by the end of the summer drilling season, they will have outlined a, a very substantial uh, gold resource. Wow. So um, let's just look at a couple of other names, if I might uh, quickly some. And I'm asking sort of for selfish reasons, because these are, are, are companies that I have followed in the past or am looking to follow at the present time. What about Romeo's Gold? Well, Romeo's has, on the surface, uh, a fairly small gold resource in northern BC, but what they really have is a massive exploration property package in one of the most highly mineralized areas uh, in the world. Um, They're drilling right now on their track deposit, which is immediately adjacent to uh, the massive Galore Creek deposit, Mm -hmm. and any hint of results on that are going to uh, create a lot of interest in that company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got a number of other. In fact, I I was on several of their projects just a a few days ago. Yeah, uh, and has the stock moved yet? It's up a little bit, but Mm -hmm. uh, it's only just getting started. They haven't put out any news yet from uh, the work that's going on this summer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you expect they will sometime in the near future? They'll definitely have results, and and we can only hope that the results will be positive and uh, help the share price. Yeah. Well, I mean, the point is, as you point, as you said earlier, that you can very easily, with with the success, and when when companies start to, um, you know, start to the drill results come in and start, you can start to see like a jigsaw puzzle, start to see a a deposit taking shape. These these little little mini capital companies can can grow by ten, twenty percent. It's not unusual for it to happen. Uh, and again, if you follow people like Lawrence, who have uh, you know, he's a geologist, uh, people that have had a lot of experience in this industry, uh, you have a better chance of, of being successful. I like to tell uh, my subscribers, and I, I suppose you agree with this, Lawrence, is diversification is important, too. You don't oh, want to back a- a- Absolutely. No, yeah, absolutely. Any one of these companies, you know, might generate a home run, but the, the flip side of it is if, if they don't get the results that we're hoping for, that uh, there's a lot of downside. So you certainly want to be diversified. Unfortunately, we only have a couple of minutes left here uh, before we have to go to break and our next guest comes on. Uh, I wonder if you, um, if you could talk a little bit about your fund. You have uh, the, it's called the Rolston Resource Opportunity Fund. Tell our listeners about the fund. Well, it's a Cayman domiciled um, offshore hedge fund. Um, it, it's accredited investors only, $125,000 Canadian uh, minimum investment. Um, unfortunately, we're not registered with the SEC, so we're not able to take um, American investors. Um, our market is primarily in Europe and in Asia, and uh, we've had, you know, a good level of success so far raising money in those markets, and uh, we're, we're just getting going now. Okay. So what is the fund focusing on then for, uh, primarily? What kind of investments? Well, exactly the kind of companies that we've talked about here and, and the companies that I follow in, in the newsletter. Um, precious metals are, are the biggest part of it. We have some exposure to uh, base metals as well. 
really focused on companies with a business plan to add value by advancing known deposits through that uh, life cycle that we talked about. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Lawrence, you certainly have a lot of interesting companies in your newsletter, and I hope that our our listeners will take advantage again before we uh, say goodbye. Tell tell our listeners again where they can. Is it resourceopportunities.com? Is that the website? That's it. Very good. Well, thanks very much, Lawrence, for being with us. Look forward to talking to you again sometime in the not-too-distant future. All the best. Well, folks, don't go away. We're going to be right back in just a couple of minutes after our break with uh, Mr. Hummel, Professor Hummel, uh, who's going to talk about the likelihood of U.S. Treasuries defaulting. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. This program is brought to you by Sandgold at www.sandgold.ca. Sandgold is an aggressive gold company operating in Manitoba, Canada, a top 10 gold mining region. Sandgold continues to show tremendous exploration success. With two mines already in production, the company is now revealing a new gold mining trend. Discover the potential at Sandgold. Trading symbol SGRCF on the OTCQX and SGR on the Toronto Exchange. Visit our website at www. Smash Minerals is a gold exploration company in the Yukon whose management was responsible for the first significant gold discovery in the White Gold District with Underworld Resources, which was then sold to Kinross Gold in 2010. Smash holds one of the biggest claim blocks in the Yukon, and exploration has already identified three targets. Intellectual capital, combined with advanced technology, will enable Smash to be quick to drilling in August 2011. You can discover Smash Minerals on the TSX Venture under the symbol SSH. Rypatch Gold Corp. is an exploration company seeking to build a sizable inventory of gold and silver resource assets in mining-friendly Nevada, the world's fourth richest gold region. This well-funded company now has 1.2 million ounces of gold and gold equivalent in the measured and indicated category, plus 2.7 million ounces of gold and gold equivalent in the inferred category, with ongoing drilling to achieve a goal of 10 million ounces of gold. For more info on RPM, please visit our website at W www.rypatchgold.com Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the causes and solutions to an underlying problem. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theories to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to quadruple the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has been in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights call 718-457-1426 or visit miningstocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters 
Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the causes and solutions to underlying problems. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to triple the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has been in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters with regard to your particular investments and financial strategies.